Hello, this is Jay Henry, writer, director, and voice for Canary P.I. And this is Canary in a Coal Mine, where we talk some behind-the-scenes of past episodes. It is September 9th as of recording this, and I hope you're all doing well and transitioning into that fall vibe. So this episode we will be discussing is cleanup on aisle 14, and Jackson Tyler Lee will be joining us to uh, discuss his experience on working on this project. So let me sum up this story quickly. Let me scroll down. So as owner of an old supermarket, Ned Buford III experiences these reoccurring puddles in aisle 13 uh, in a store. That turns out to be human blood. And then one day they find a human hand wrapped in newspaper carved up like it was prepped for consumption. No one has been reported missing or murdered, so the police storm in and they leave a sloppy crime scene and they just leave and offer no help. So that same, that same day, Ned goes to uh, Canary for help. Canary thinking the crime scene is still fresh enough that it might hold some clues they both meet at the supermarket. R- randomly, Ned's sister is there, semi-hysterical about the whole thing. Ned talks about how his grandfather opened the business and it was his life and he was able to grow it and escape poverty. So Ned talks about like the history of the supermarket and his grandfather, how he opened the business and it was his life, and he was able to grow it and escape poverty. So they all go in and they find another puddle of blood. This is fresh. And it's in aisle 13 again. And they find another bundle. This time it's a carved forearm inside. So this is where Ned's sister bursts in, and she's begging not to call the police again, and that they can deal with it as a family, but she's being vague and somehow insinuates that their elderly grandpa, the one that opened the store, was somehow involved with it. So they all go to visit him and find out what is happening. And then it turns out, grandpa is senile, completely lost his marbles. He just wants to help out. So he's been cutting off parts of his body to sell to the patrons in the supermarket. And aisle 13 is where the meat department used to be when it first opened. And that's why he left his special deliveries there. A nice, happy tale, isn't it? This episode stars Jackson Tyler Lee as Ned Buford III, Julian Gilas as Custodian, me as Canary P.I., Marie G. as Mildred Buford, and Frank Guglielmelli as Grandpop. Uh, So this was the only time I didn't get top billing because I was the third person to speak in this episode, and I list the credits by order of appearance, so that's a funny little thing. Um, When I was writing a story, I set out to make it straightforward. Nothing incredibly long or convoluted, just something simple with a gross-out ending. So I was drawing inspiration from the 90s uh, Tales from the Crypt HBO show. It had a lot gross-out stories like that in in a similar vein. So that's basically it on the inspiration front. I was thinking of that show. So I had to run a casting call during the assignment. Oh, shit, I banged the thing. So I was running a casting call during this simultaneously looking for two female voices, one for Langston Hill and one for this script for Mildred Buford. I can't remember too much about the other people who tried it out for it. I remember thinking Marie G was by far the best, but she sounded a little young for the part, but I ultimately ended up going with her and I just think it turned out great. She really gave an emotional performance and that was like very important, you know, for delivering that. You know, the big reveal that Grandpa was cutting off his arm and uh, escaping and wandering the streets at night to make his deliveries. Uh, and Julian was great. He improv the, uh, you old coot, 
and I loved that and I kept it in. And holy crap, uh, the part of Grandpa, it was a small one, but it's the crux of the whole story. The whole payoff and creep factor. It might be my favorite performance by Frank, it just came out so creepy and disturbing, and that's... I was surprised at how it came out, it, like, it really, like, it really hit. I didn't really have any kind of... Oh, I banged the thing again. Jackson Tyler Lee. I didn't make it easy for him. I didn't have any kind of vision for this character, or how he sounded. And it easily could have turned out to be like a, this boring thing and it had to carry the whole, most of the story. So I went to him and I was like, I'm not sure what this character sounds like. He's just the owner of a supermarket. He's just a guy. It's open to interpretation. Would you be interested in doing it? And he they said, yeah, he, looks, he accepted it. And I just love what he did with it. I think Ned turned out hilarious. Don't you like your steak, Raya? Like, his accent is great. And it sounds like a mix of like old-time New York and Chicago or something. And it was just what the part needed, and it was great. I can't think of any drama that happened during this one, so that's that's always good. And when I wrote it, I was afraid that it was kind of a weak story on paper, and I don't know. But the end result and all the performances, it just brought it all together, and I think it came out great, and we definitely accomplished what we set out to do with this story. So, let's turn this over to Jackson and see what he has to say. Hello, this is Jackson Tyler Lee, back for another Canary in the Coal Mine. Uh, don't mind the voice a little bit, I'm getting over, uh, something. And we're here to talk about cleanup on Aisle 14, in which I actually had myself a big role, as Ned Buford III. Say, whenever uh, Jay Henry asked me to do the voice of Ned Buford, I was like, yeah, I can do it, but at the same time I was like, oh, can I do this? I mean, that's a lot of lines to keep track of. <laughs> but all in all, I think it turned out pretty good. At first, Ned was going to sound a bit more like a mook. I do the voice for you right now, but I, I can't, sorry. You know, he was going to sound more of a mafioso type, but uh, I, I decided to go a bit more, you know, high with it like I always do. And you can kind of tell a bit. He comes off a bit New York and a bit Chicago. But all in all, I think he works out pretty good. And I have to admit, uh, my favorite parts, for some odd reason, was whenever he was mean to his sister Mildred. I don't know what that says about me, I just get a kick out of it. Let's see, uh, when I first started thinking about uh, how to work on Ned, I, uh, I was taking inspiration from shows based, well, uh, fictionally based in Chicago. Now, I hate to admit it, but my initial inspiration, quote-unquote, was uh, Vinny from the show Mike and Molly. Uh, so yeah, at first the voice was very... I, again, I can't do it right now. You know, just watch uh, Mike and Molly, and whenever Vinny talks, that's how Ned was going to sound at first. But then, like, after uh, after a couple of takes, I just, uh, <clears throat> I just uh, didn't really like the sound of it, so I decided to go back and try again. And then I started to do, like, a more New York-ish accent. But you can tell, like, uh, the Chicago, New York accent bleeds through a, a little bit. But, like I said, I think he still works out just fine. And I think, like, the story overall came out pretty good with, uh, with Grandpop being, uh, a little bit, a little bit psycho. Like, at the end there, when Ned is like, Grandpop, no, it's like, 
I had to try and put myself in the headspace. So how would I be acting if I saw my grandpa had been carving himself up for who knows how long and leaving body parts in the store? It's like, I think I'd be pretty messed up, but, uh, you know, that's the vibe of Canary P.I. <laughs> uh, speaking of, I gotta say, I think uh, season two came along real well. Uh, season one was very much, you know, testing the waters, seeing what worked. And now that two's out of the way, I'm very interested to see how three turns out. Like, just how many more weird things can J. Henry come up with? I mean, if anything, I feel bad for Canary. And I think authors and storytellers take a little bit of a perverse joy in tormenting their characters. Especially their main characters. And I guess you could say that would make uh, J. Henry a good author. <laughs> You know, a good story makes you think, and I've been thinking ever since. It's like, how do you carve yourself up and just be okay with it? You know, like, how messed up was Grandpop? It also makes me wonder how much I should actually trust my grocery stores. I don't know, man. You take part in a story where an old man's carving himself up to put inside a, in a grocery store for people to buy. You, you know, you, you tend to worry a little bit now. <laughs> Like, is that actually pork butt, or is that some dude's butt? The world may never know. Alright, uh, thank you for your time. I would like to talk more. Like I said, I'm getting over something, and it's not, uh, it's not good. <laughs> and whenever Season 3 comes out, give it a listen. I'm pretty sure you will enjoy it. Thank you for your time. Have a good day. A gentleman and a scholar. So yeah, we only have one more episode of Canary in a Coal Mine on the horizon, and uh, I like to have these little supplementary shows on the side, so I kind of have you know, a steady stream of content. So if you like these or have any other ideas of what you want to hear, shoot me an email at rpcanarypi at gmail.com, or get a hold of me on Twitter. Just, just say hi if you want to. And this has been Canary in a Coal Mine Cleanup on aisle 14, teen, teen. Thanks for listening.